to the podcast. I'm Boss, and this is Chaz, and our first topic today is theory crafting and min-maxing. So what do you got to say about it? Uh, well, it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, you know, people don't really know what it is, and it's just, I don't know, kind of confusing. Uh, or it's not actually confusing, it's just you know what it is so basically theory crafting is the um, mathematical analysis of game mechanics uh in well normally in video games but it also like it's it's also to like find out um you know hidden game mechanics or uh, you know things that the game doesn't actually tell you um so I don't know, and, and a lot of people think that theory crafting is just kind of, um, I don't know, how to, how to put it in a good way. People think that theory crafting is not necessary to play the game, which obviously it's not, but if you want to min-max, which is basically just the, uh, I mean, be as effective as possible by investing in well basically like the stats or whatever uh it's usually used in like role-playing games context but it's just like designing a character based on you know minimizing weaknesses and maximizing strengths uh and in order to do well that you have to theorycraft and theorycraft is complicated to do but it's a simple concept Okay, so what are some of your favorite games to theory craft in? Any uh, recent games that came out, for example? Uh, well, I mean, there was at a time when uh, I played Division Two and got to like end game stuff, and like that was fun theory crafting in. Uh, and you know, I still do when whenever I do uh, uh, play it, which is pretty rare nowadays. But the first three months or so i basically i was a part of uh basically like the hardcore community that we were we were basically theory crafting every single day uh, for i think it was two months and then well the game kind of died off for most of us uh but it's like games like that you know division two and world of warcraft and not that I have played World of Warcraft for years, but it's um, kind of games like that where, well, Diablo is another one that is uh, kind of interesting because, like, they have, not only do they have, you know, like, the base stats and, you know, all of that, uh, you know, the basics, but they also have kind of an interesting uh, perspective of kind of what needs to be done to appease you know the hardcore community and theory crafting is like that's theory crafters are like basically the hardcore part of the hardcore community um and then the the rest of the hardcore community are just like dedicated to actually like beating content in you know like the most difficult ways and stuff like that 
It only took you about a week to get to Endgame after the the uh, latest update. And fuck, you just mentioned it, and I literally just forgot what it was called. <laughs> Division two. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, uh, I I currently, well, I don't know if I hold it anymore, but I did hold the record of uh, hitting max cap the fastest, uh, which was uh, three days. So it was, uh, what was it? It was like, what is it? It's um, 16 hours over three days, something like that. Uh which obviously someone has probably beaten that by now because that's not very it's probably not super impressive but like that kind of shows you also how uh, you know if if hardcore players actually like put their mind to it and basically go in like yeah we're gonna theory craft we're gonna you know like we're gonna just max out this stuff then if you don't really have that much end game content when you release a game then you know people are going to hit that cap very very fast um uh, i think that's one of the problems with uh that comes from theory crafting where you know it's so fun but like the it's not really games today in general are not really catered uh, or they don't have a part that caters to theory crafting um it, it was more prevalent in like the early 2000s uh now in the in the last decade there hasn't really been much uh stuff that you can theorycraft starcraft 2 is the is the biggest exception but that is also it's also starcraft <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> Starcraft is just like you can theorycraft the hell out of that game and just like there's still more stuff you could do since it is you know it is mathematics and and you know main game mechanics and stuff so like obviously there's a limit to how much you can do but when it comes to something like Starcraft it's like the mathematics there is just so complicated that you can pretty much go on forever and find new things. Yeah, with all the different combinations of um, all the units, and especially since there are multiplayer exclusive units that are included in StarCraft, there there's so many different ways that you can go about it. Yeah. Especially so. competitively, because it's not just about statistics in StarCraft. With, sorry, because this is a little bit of a tangent that, that doesn't segue into anything, and it has very little to do with actual theory crafting but you see quite a few international players in starcraft that deviate from the meta just so they can catch their opponents off guard and it actually ends up working in contrast to their opponents uh premeditated build or even something that they have premeditated and then work off of something improvised so i find that very interesting yeah and like that that is like a small part of of uh, theory crafting where you know, it, it's not only like finding out like the optimal route, it's also finding out, you know, what are the weaknesses and then what is the optimal way to abuse these weaknesses versus, you know, the optimal strategy. Um, and StarCraft, 
in particular is very has has it very good where like yes there are meta strategies there, there will always be meta strategies that are like they are always going to be like the top dogs in terms of like how efficient they are however there's also always going to be countermeasures for those strategies and both of these go kind of hand in hand in theory crafting because in order to find the uh you know the countermeasure for an effective strategy you have to theory craft based on the weaknesses of this strategy uh now obviously starcraft per se you know if you know the optimal strategy that's already established and you obviously already know the weaknesses so you don't really need to do much like mathematical analysis and stuff because you already know you know the results that come from that strategy and you know then you can build around that strategy uh, and you know obviously see where you can go and min maxing also plays a part because min maxing in strategy games min maxing is the same thing uh or it's because it's just you know you have a maxed out strategy like this is the you know these these are all the strengths of the strategy and then you know these are all the weaknesses and so what you do is you try to remove all of the weaknesses from the strategy to get you know the strengths to be even stronger uh so like that works too uh and the i think i think even the the theory craft name i think that even comes from starcraft originally um Huh. But I don't, I don't, I, I don't quote me on that. But I think it's like the actual term comes from the original StarCraft game. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off right there, so that we can move on to the next topic. Yeah, and uh, the next one is is just inane bullshit. Um, what superpower would you like to have, but there are limitations to it? Okay, so what, like what? What type of limitations are we talking about? Like, if you can fly, you know, it's it's not like, like you can fly like Superman. It's more like you can fly like the people do in Chronicle. So it's not like you can go on mock speeds and go into the outer Atmos in like three seconds. It's like you actually have to have to fly about as fast as, you know, like a civilian airliner or something. Okay, so it's basically just like uh more it it's it's a bit more realistic uh yeah <laughs> if you can say that about you know, superpowers <laughs> yeah like you know not necessary you know if you uh you know like the flash you know running fast like it it wouldn't be it would be not running like a lightning bolt more like running like a like a canyon or something <laughs> well yeah um Actually, I actually don't really know what I would like to have. Um, I mean, flying would be convenient because it's, uh, well, it's flying. Like, you would just, if you wanted to go somewhere, it would just be easy to get there. Yeah, but then you'd have to, you'd have to kind of tailor your life around that when you're traveling because. You'd need something to break the wind, like a nice, thick, heavy jacket or something. You know, like a skin jacket. 
maybe. And people would, well, and in the summer, people yeah. would be asking, why the, f why the fuck are you wearing, like, a heavy coat in the middle of summer? That would be very <laughs> tough to explain. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there are the, uh, what are they called? Like, those, like, uh, uh, those, like, uh, jumpsuits? Like, the, that Red Bull guy that, like, jumped, quote-unquote, from space? And flew one of those uh, like glider suits. You mean like a flying squirrel suit? Yeah, whatever they're called. I know they have like an official name, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would look even fucking weirder. Obviously, like without the glider wings, but like those suits are made for, you know, made for that specific purpose. Yeah, quote unquote flying. Um, Oh, so, I mean, like, when you get tired, like, when you get tired, you you deploy the flaps and you start using that instead? Just take a little break? Yeah, I mean, like, either that or just, like, you don't have the wing things and just, like, have a parachute for safety. Which would you rather have, flying or levitation? Because the flying would involve movement. Levitation just means that you can float and move around a little bit, but not actually fly at a decent speed. I think... Uh, I mean, they have their own uses, uh, but I think flying would be more convenient because it's, it's a more, like... It's, a, it's more utility to it, where, you know, you can actually... Uh, you know, get to places you wanted to go. Because uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, maybe you want to go to like, uh, I don't know, Spain. And, uh, you know, you can do that without it costing hundreds or thousands of dollars, depending on where you are in the world. You could just, you just need to take breaks and feed yourself. Uh, while, I mean, obviously there's some kind of... Um, like perk to like levitation but i don't really know what it would be and i think that's why i would just say flying is probably what <laughs> i would prefer <laughs> uh, i think if i were to have a superpower it would be able to shit on command as much as i want to okay and that's that so i make, i uh, make a lot of those uh, uh shit in the bag pranks no, it's just, like, when I was younger, I used to be able to shit any time I wanted to. You know, because my metabolism was up, I was active all the time, I was probably in the best shape of my entire life freshman year of high school. Like, I, 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 I had a straight-up fucking six-pack, and I was running every single day wherever I went to, like Forrest Gump, except I didn't have, like, a truck full of asshole teenagers throwing rocks at me and trying to kill me. But I, wherever I was going, I was running. But yeah, now it's like, you know, I gotta wait to digest and while I'm working on something or or I'm in class or at work, and then I can shit. But as it stands now, it's it's just like it's too much ramp up time. I just want to get it over with. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It's it's just. I mean, it, it it actually does make sense. It, it just kind of like, wow, that that's a... Why would you waste a superpower on being able to shit whenever you want to? 
when you could just well, change your lifestyle. Wanted. Like, I, I didn't even think about, like, uh, uh, more, how to put it, like, more, more like, mundane tasks. Because, like, there, there's obviously, like, utility to that, too. Uh, well, I don't know, the utility to taking a shit whatever you want is obviously being able to take a shit whenever you want. But, uh, you know, like, there's obviously stuff like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, change your, your eyesight, uh, like, the strength of your eyesight. That could have some utility. It's just stuff I started thinking about now when you talk about that. <laughs> Nah, for me, it's just straight up shitting. Like, oh my god, have you ever been stuck stuck in traffic and you have to take a shit so bad you're willing just to just put your car in park in heavy traffic and just take a shit on right on the lane? Yeah, dude, it's the worst. Yeah, I mean that that actually, yeah, yeah, that's actually utility too. Just you know, being able to quote unquote like hold it in so to speak oh dude i don't want to hold it in i just want to shit everything out every single bit of it oh, yeah God. but i mean like you know like if you if if your superpower was to like literally control when you took a shit then you know you you wouldn't have to worry about like um you know sitting in traffic and like accidentally shit your pants while you're <laughs> waiting for traffic to move like you could just like kind of just like yeah you know I'll, I'll just wait until i get home and then i'll fucking r release the brown goodness honestly i think i'd I, this is just me personally i'd rather take a shit on a baby before i shit my pants yeah i will pretty much the same for me i'll harm another person with my fucking poo before i shit myself because you gotta scrape that shit off your nuts and, and you gotta throw your pants away. It's just too much of a hassle. I'll, I'll just take a shit on command. <laughs> as much yeah. as possible that's inside of me. Without prolapsing. So yeah. that's, that's my superpower. I, I, just want, I just want a shit. <laughs> I want to take a dump. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the only thing. Just take a, take a shit. Uh, <sighs> I mean, it, it actually makes sense. Like, now, like, when you're talking about it like it actually starts making sense to me it's like dude i love shitting especially like i i think that superpower would would cater a lot to like you know like adults who have children just because for more than a few of them at least with partners their only break away from the children is when they shit you know just that that's the only privacy in their day that they get that's why they they generally take longer than it actually does take to shit, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, yeah, that make, makes sense, actually. Yeah, so you can, you can choose exactly when you take your break. And if your partner doesn't believe you, shit on the floor. Oh, dude, that's actually, that's like a really convenient uh, <laughs> way to get away. Okay, so we're going to break it off here and move on to the last topic which is the new COPPA policy on YouTube. Well, actually, on the internet. Yeah, well, it is the update to the COPPA that hit YouTube the most. Uh, but it's... The COPPA... Um, uh, well, I guess we should just, like, point out that it's the children's online privacy prediction rule, which is kind of funny that it's not actually 
fiction act like people say it is but uh which it should be called copper but (laughs) (laughs) uh but it's it's basically just like it is meant to protect children that is under the age of 13 and it's kind of weird how they are uh well it's it's the the copper rule itself makes sense because it's you know like you know don't gather information on you know children under 13 and uh, or well that what is considered kids um or children with which is anyone that is under the age of 13 and you know kind of quote unquote protect them from things but it is just how you know kind of the ftc and um youtube are handling it is not that ideal um because it's i mean the ftc is is ironically handling it better than youtube is because youtube is like I don't know, YouTube is not actually listening to what either the FTC or anyone else has to say about it. Uh, they're just kind of throwing... Um, it seems uh, like they're not dealing with it. Yeah, it's, I mean, they are basically saying uh, that, you know, like, oh, you know, we got caught not following this law by the FTC, so now we're just going to punish all the YouTubers. And then every time YouTube answers people on, you know, kind of when people have questions about it, like, oh, what does this mean exactly? Like, is it, um, you know, like if I make content that is like, for example, if I make a YouTube Let's Play series of Minecraft and uh, I, you know, I don't like, you know, it is more... Like, I'm talking as if I'm talking to people that are, like, uh, 18 plus, you know, with, like, swearing or whatever. Like, it, it, like does that constitute a kid-friendly video? Or, like, made for kids, as, as they so funnily has <laughs> put, it out, put it out. Um, and they are basically just saying, like, no, that's not, that is not, like, a made-for-kids video. But at the same time, they're referencing, you know, the the COPPA law and are saying that, you know, it actually does, like, it actually does constitute a made-for-kids video uh, because it has video games that are intended for kids. And that's where, like, that's where a lot of confusion comes in with COPPA, specifically with YouTube. Since YouTube themselves are just kind of, um, how do I put it? They throw out, they, they are basically answering what people want to hear, but at the same time, they throw in these, uh, you know, references to, you know, what it, what it actually says in the COPPA law, but only, you know, out of context snippets out of it. Because the COPPA rule literally says, that you know none of the changes that youtube are making now that they have they don't have to make any of these changes uh because the website is not for people under 13 years of age oh i mean they have youtube kids you know i I was going to come to that like because they have youtube kids and so like because one of the things that the 
law, basically what the law is for, is just a very simple, you know, like Compa imposes certain requirements on operators of websites or online services directed to children under 13 years of age and on operators of other websites or online services that have actual knowledge that they are collecting personal information online from a child under the 13 years of age. So, YouTube, like, YouTube wants to put this part, basically, you know, like, oh, you are... Because, like, in, in order for FTC to actually enforce this law, they have to be able to prove that the YouTuber in question... For example, let's say I made a YouTube video of a Minecraft Let's Play and I was swearing like a crazy madman or swearing as a sailor, as they say. And, you know, like, it's very, like, mature. I, you know, it's very how I speak. You know, it's very, like, dedicated to, let's say, like, 18 plus. Uh, the way that FTC would have to, in order for them to actually, like, punish me or sue me or you know, actually, like, quote-unquote, punish me based on the children's online protection rule is by proving that I know of children watching my videos. But the thing is that, like, I can... It is impossible for me to know that based on, like, the statistics that I get, you know, on, from YouTube. Because you, YouTube only delivers, you know, like the, the stats on a YouTube channel is basically just like, oh, this many people watched, this many people subscribed, uh, you know, this is how long they watched for, you know, and like these are the countries they come from, like that's the gist of it. And so like it doesn't have like an age rating of like, yeah, people that are under the age of 13 is this many. So, like, I have no clue, you know, at that point in, or in this situation or example, I have no clue, like, what age people are in that are watching that video. And COPPA or FTC would have to prove that I know that some of these people, let's say there was a thousand people that watched the video, so... FTC would have to prove that I knew that some of these people were under the age of 13 in order for COPPA to apply to me. Uh, and it's the same with YouTube. Although they did manage to, as far as I understand, I should point that out first, as far as I understand, the FTC managed to prove that YouTube actually had data knowing that you know people under 13 were using the platform uh but they didn't do anything about it and that's you know that's my understanding of why they got sued for like 150 million dollars or whatever it was um but obviously like there was a settlement and whatever but it's just the thing where like I don't, I don't actually think that very many people will actually have to worry about COPPA in the long run. It's just YouTube changing things that they don't have to change just to make it look like they're following the COPPA law. And it's basically just as a response to them actually getting 
sue the crap out of them from FTC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I I think it's fun. It didn't uh, didn't YouTube or I should say Google didn't Google get dinged for that because they were bragging about uh, their analytical data showing what age spread of people were actually watching like regular YouTube and not YouTube kids. Like they didn't delineate that fact when they announced their numbers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so like that, that's one of the parts that, you know, made, made them fail their defense against the FTC regarding COPPA, where, uh, you know, the FTC actually had uh, like statements from, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like Google, uh, like higher ups in Google that were, I think it was like on, on these, uh, what are they called? Like, uh, uh, well, like internal meetings, whatever. That like they actually had like uh, quotes and, and stuff from uh, those meetings when they were like that some people on Google were actually kind of like putting out there that like, yeah, we know that, you know, there are people under the age of 13 and whatnot, but obviously they didn't use those specific words. But, you know, they were, what was it? There was, it was something like, oh, the age gap is between like 10 and something. And that's kind of what caught them screwed. Uh, obviously, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I don't remember exactly the wording. Uh, but it's, it's basically YouTube fucked up or, well, Google fucked up and they are now punishing the creators for their mistake so i don't know but like i said i don't think that the ftc can actually enforce this on youtube themselves i think it's only youtube that actually can enforce it but i don't think that youtube actually has like a they would not have a legal grounding to do it in terms of you know like they couldn't prove that like oh this guy knows that children is watching his videos, but he's telling us that, you know, it's not made for kids. Like, I don't think they can prove that, but they have, you know, control over the website, so they could just easily just boot him off the platform if they wanted to. And I think that's the problem that specifically YouTubers are going to run into, where it's actually YouTube that are you know, kind of protecting themselves in a way by just removing people that they don't think fits the platform and then using, you know, COPPA as an excuse. Or other laws. This seems utterly useless to me because uh, minors, especially very young minors, can still get around age gates that are put up on, on channels and videos simply by making uh, an account um, and falsifying the information insofar as their birth date. So that's, it, it doesn't even make any sense for them to actually, you know, go through the analytical data to see how many young minors are watching their platform, you know, because it, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's reliable anyway. Yeah, it's not reliable at all. And that's kind of the, one of the main points that, um, uh, basically the entire YouTube community made to the FTC 
and YouTube where, you know, like, even if we had statistics <clears throat> of like the age, it would only show, you know, statistics between 13 and, uh, you know, whatever the highest number, the age number they have is. <clears throat> and, you know, there's nothing that would even show how many of these people are actually not the age they're claiming to be. And even then, uh, <clears throat> another thing is, you know, people, you don't have to have an account on YouTube to watch YouTube content. So that's like another thing as well. Like, how would you even know how many people are actually like under, like, how would you know who are the kids and who are not the kids anyway? And that's like the big thing where like, how do you prove, how would you prove that in court? Uh, and it's basically, you can't. So like, I don't think that's the basis for, you know, why COPPA probably won't really affect much on YouTube in terms of like the FTC actually going after YouTubers. Uh, it's just kind of a scare tactic so that people actually follow the law, which is fairly normal. It is basically just what is YouTube going like, well, what are the people in charge of YouTube going to do with people that they think doesn't obey the law? Uh, and I think that's just kind of the problem that has come from this. All right. So we're going to end it right there. Um, thanks for listening. I doubt anybody's listening. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with this, but, you know. Uh, if you got to the end of this, um, I applaud you. And um, barring minors, if you're over the age of 18, we want to fuck you. Okay, that's the end of it.